It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Underwood and Flinch. After Hours, a companion podcast to the Underwood and Flinch saga featuring news, Q&As and random trivia about the series. Hello listeners and welcome to Underwood and Flinch After Hours for this month of October in the year 2022. I hope it finds you well. Are you all psyched up for Halloween? How stocked with sweets and candies to give to kids when they come round, trick or treating. You know, every year we get stocked up with things like bite-sized Mars bars, Twixes and, you know, various packets of jelly sweets and things like that in case we get trick or treaters coming around, you know. But we never do, which I don't mind. Um, I always dread running out of sweets and having to say no to kids uh, and then, you know, punishing me. (laughs) So I always buy too many sweets, even though year on year we never actually get any kids calling on us, which I also don't mind, because it means then that I have a a justification for eating all those sweets myself, even though, you know, things like Mars bars today are so intensely sweet that they almost hurt your teeth when you eat them, you know? It's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. Either that or, you know, just leave them in the cupboard till next year. Do they last that long? You know, chocolate bars and sweets and things? Can the sugar content preserve them for a whole year? I don't know. I'll never know, because whether they hurt my teeth or not, who can keep a bag of sweets lying around for longer than a few days? A week at most. Not me, that's for sure. But anyway, um, all that fat-making and tooth-rotting fun can wait for now, because now it's time for Underwood and Flinch After Hours. In this episode... I have a little something special for you. If you're listening to this in my free podcast feed, it's a brief but informative chat with the executive producer of the Underwood and Flinch television series. Ooh! Yes. Remember I said that Underwood and Flinch had been optioned for television? Well, we're a bit further along than that now. And alternatively, if you're listening to Patreon, it's a new and longer interview with the same gentleman in which he shares... Well, more than he did last time, but that's all to come later. First, it's time for another thrilling instalment of Questions and Answers, where you send in your questions for me uh, about anything in the world of Underwood and Flinch, and my wife Pauline asks them right here, right now. Questions. Answers. Questions. Answers. Questions. Answers. Questions and Answers. 
All right, so here we are in the Q&A part of the show uh, with myself, Mike, obviously, and my lovely wife, Pauline. Hello, everyone. Uh, and so we have some questions, uh, some questions uh, sent in specifically uh, for this part of the show from you and in Australia. And uh, also uh, a question that, w- that was just pitched at me on Facebook Messenger that I thought I'd put into the podcast because we only got two questions off you. And so, <laughs> <laughs> well, so two's good. Two's good, but yep. three's better. Yeah, three is better. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so do, right. do you want the first question? Why not? Okay. So these are from Ewan, yeah? OK, yeah, this is from Ewan, who's in Australia. OK. Um, he was um, a recent interview in the True Stories podcast. Yes, he was, he was the interviewee yeah. uh, about, about his mother. Um, oh, yeah, that yeah. was a good one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so here's you, uh, and so I'm just going to read this out. So it says, The saga of Underwood and Flinch and the world it exists in has its diehard fans deeply invested in the stories, the characters, the history and every aspect of its world. Things you haven't written into the story can bring the listener to imagine. I wonder where that would have gone or I wonder what happened to them or I wonder what their backstory is. So to the question... Fans often fill in gaps themselves to things that end in a story arc. Star Wars and Doctor Who are two examples that come to mind. Would you ever be interested in fan stories? Now, Jung goes on to say, Now, I have no talent for this, but I bet some do. Spin-offs of characters before or after they were in the story, how they got involved. What do you think, Mike? So uh, to the specific question there, would you ever be interested in fan stories? Uh, no, I would not. Um, it's 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 not. I'm I'm not a kind of. Uh, I'm not a kind of. I don't want to get involved in a sort of a talent contest. You know, like mm. people sending stories, and you've got to decide whether who lives and who dies. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And then to what to what end anyway? I you know. I I think also the nature of your story is very different in things in Star Wars and Doctor Who because they're. They are, they're episodic. Yeah. You know, you've got a, a kind of self-contained episode yeah. or a self-contained couple of episodes, but yours is a continuing saga. Yeah. So you can't really incorporate other people's ideas into that because the story is constantly progressing. It's like kind of someone, you know, not, I'm not trying to say you're George R. R. Martin, but like, <laughs> say, for instance, if people were sending in George R. R. Martin, you know, yeah. ideas for Game of Thrones, he's map that all out. He can't just chuck an idea in there because no. it's a continuing saga. Exactly. So it, it's the same thing with yours. It's it just, is. If you it was, if you were doing a series of podcasts that were just one-off episodes, that were the beginning, middle, end, that'd be fine. But but, but and also if people did send stories in and I did, you know, uh, include them somewhere in, in, you know, like a podcast and I put them in a collection of stories, they do then because I've done that. I've mm. I've said... You know, I've published it or I've put it on a podcast. It's like saying this is sanctioned as canon. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. This is this is approved yeah. as canon of the Underwood and Flinch saga, which it as you say, mm. it wouldn't be. You know, yeah. ev- only what I write is yeah. is part of it. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yes. I think I mean, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the kind of thing, I mean, uh, whatever about people writing fan fiction and some of them might be really good. Yeah. You can't kind of get involved in fan fiction. No, I think, I, don't think. I think fan fiction, there's a place for it. And it's, you know, in, in, in the realm of fandom. Yeah. Typically what, what tends to happen is, you know, I mean, you can just, if you, Google Twilight fan stories. Mm. You're going to find tons and tons of them out there. Indeed, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey yeah. uh, started out as fan fiction. That's right for Twilight, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and and that's that's it. You know, you you 
what's her name, Stephanie Meyer, mm. didn't get involved in that. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that just kind of went on um, in, in the fan universe. Yeah, where it kind of took on its own legs and yeah. often scuttled around. And, and, yeah. and, and the author doesn't have anything to do with it. And so it would be for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't have any... Uh, part mm. uh, in in that sort of thing, you know, yeah. it's something that needs to take. If it takes place at all, it needs to take place in some kind of fan universe. Yeah, rightly so, because if people are going to write as well, I mean, they want to take credit for it. it gets of course, really they do. Murky, then yeah. if yeah. you know you're involved with it, it does. Yeah, yeah, it does get murky, and there is, you yeah. know, intellectual property issues. Uh, it, it just gets oh, yeah. messy. There is another part to this question as well. Oh, yeah. You might have kind of answered it already, but right. I'll give you part two. Um, so, Jung goes on to say, um, Star Trek Generations was well known for looking at fan ideas as plot lines and did indeed include a few. Uh, would you ever consider using a submitted plot idea for a story arc or character? No. Again, that comes under sort of yeah. the whole IP thing, intellectual property. Yeah, yeah. If... if um, if somebody submitted an idea and I used it, which I never would, mm. but if I did, uh, then it then it, it gets sticky. It's yeah, kind of like yeah. you know, person says, "Well, that's my idea." Yeah, you know, I want I want so much of a percentage, etc. Yeah. If you look at Star Trek, um, ob- obviously Star Trek is made by Paramount Pictures. Mm. They've got tons of money. That's that's something that they would have taken and and probably paid the person mm. um, a writing fee or yeah, some sort of. they've got loads of different writers. Exactly, they've it's got they've got they've got a writing room. And yeah. as you said earlier on, it's a, it's a it's an ongoing episodic series. They yeah. need material. Yeah, yeah, um, but they're self-contained stories. For, well, not really. I suppose now are kind of um, continuous, but still, it's limited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek: The Next Generation. Um, especially was just kind of, here's a story next week. Here's another story. Yeah. They weren't yeah. kind of connected. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a different adventure, yeah. a different self-contained yeah. adventure yeah. every week, but now they tend to have these ongoing story yeah. arcs that yeah. cover the whole spread of the, yeah. the season. Mm. Yeah. So okay. uh, to, to both of those things then for, for various reasons, um, you and it's a big no from, from me, Mm. Uh, you know, like fan fiction stays in the fan fiction mm. universe and submitted ideas, I, I'm not interested. Yeah. I mean, because that doesn't mean to say that some fan fiction isn't really good. Of course, yeah, It's just absolutely. that you can't get involved with it. Again, we go back to E.L. James <laughs> yeah. and, you know, there are those who would say her work isn't great, but others absolutely love it. I mean, it was like a massive, massive Mega selling yeah, series. Yeah, well, somebody likes it, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, all yeah, she, all yeah. she, all, I mean, she it started out as fan fiction, um, and it, it, I don't know, perhaps it even eclipsed the sales of Twilight. Yeah, I think could it, well have done, I think it may well have done, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and all she needed to do ultimately was basically change the names of the characters, which mm. might have been, yeah. what were those, was it Bella and... Um, God, I don't know. Robert Pattinson's <laughs> guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just change them into whatever and, she changed them into. Uh, the, uh, Christian Chris Grey yeah. and... Um, the girl that likes being spanked, whatever her name. Hang was. on, are you confusing the two? No, things? I'm I'm saying because because in 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 Stephanie Meyer's story, it was Robert Pattinson and and that that woman whose yeah. name was Bella. Yeah. The character I can yeah. I can remember one actor yeah. and one character yeah. for each one, but then in in Fifty Shades of Grey, 
because those were the character names yeah. because it's fan fiction that yeah. she that, that Maya not Maya I got up completely confused <laughs> those are the character names <laughs> that E.L. James was using in her fan story yeah. and because it was kind of inappropriate I think what happened mm. was she was asked by the Maya uh, camp yeah. to take that stuff down yeah. uh, and she did but she just changed the names of the characters yeah. and released them as books yeah. which made a fortune yeah. so you can see how confusing it is even with something as straightforward as that Goodness gracious, yeah. well, everything's confusing when it comes out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. Some kind of melange or right. stew. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, we've got another question. Mm. Okay. Um, this might kind of suit, won't cause so much confusion. And yeah. this is from Paul Jackson and yeah. it's via Facebook Messenger. So yeah. Paul asks, just wondering where you got the idea for Underwood and Flinch. Was it those Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing Dracula films of the 70s? And he goes on to say, I remember hiding behind a cushion watching them. Weren't we all? I was behind a sofa. Yeah, yeah I put a sofa and a couple of cushions between yeah. me and them. Absolutely love, 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 love those yeah. um, movies. And I did, actually, um, even though I, I didn't get the idea for Underwood and Flinch from those films, mm. uh, they very much informed my idea of, of what vampires were. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know... Like I started writing after you know uh, vampire fiction and uh, and indeed writing full stop after shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but mm. I didn't watch those. I wasn't interested in those. No. Um, and I'd seen Fright Night, of course. Fright Night kind of was not vastly removed from mm. the sort of the, the Christopher Lee style vampire. Yeah. It was yeah. obviously a lot more charming uh, yeah. and personable, mm. but. Um, yeah, that 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 kind of I I never sort of went down any sort of teen route, you know, or yeah. any of those kind of vampires. I always in my head a vampire was always uh, Christopher Lee or Barlow in the seventy nine version yeah. of Salem's Lot or the guy in Fright Night. Those adult kind of vampire stories were always the stories. I and Near Dark as well, of course. Those were the kind mm. of vampires that were in my head mm. when I came to write. Yeah. Um, nothing, you know, in the teen world. Like, I mean, now there's all sorts of things like the originals and the vampire diaries. I've never seen any of these things and I've yeah. no interest in them. Well, they're they're kind of teen dramas, aren't they, really, with kind yeah. of vampires tacked onto them? I mean, that's just my opinion. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. I mean, maybe other people love them. Not that but, there's uh, anything yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, no, there isn't anything no, wrong with it. It's know. just not I'm my just, thing, I'm just know. saying. But no. That's a rather mature woman. Yeah. The idea for Underwood and Flinch came, uh, I've, I've, talked about this before so i'll just do it very quickly the mm. idea came from when we were living in spain uh and we were we were living in a little village in cadiz in in the the sort of the province of of cadiz in spain and uh i i, I just as just as a kind of a joke really i i started I, it was like a kind of a funny little sort of um hall of mirrors story i started sketching the idea that because the people in the in the community, the expats who lived in in the village, there weren't many mm. um, expats. It was a small inland, way way inland village called Olvera, and there were some expats there, weren't mm. there? Yes, there were. Yeah, and they tended to hang out together. They tended to cluster together in bars and pubs, and we we were introduced to some people mm. uh, on one occasion at a sort of little soiree. And um, one thing I noticed, there was a kind of a, a, a and you, you'd get this from from other people. We'd meet them in different mm. places um, as well. And there was there was always a kind of like 
you know, oh, it's not like it is in England. It's not as good as it is back home, is <laughs> yeah, it? These sausages one. aren't as good as the ones you get back home. And, yeah. oh, this bacon, I don't like that bacon. It's not as good as the bacon you get yeah. back home, is it? Or oh, this bread, I'm not really keen on that. It's not as good as the bread you get back home. Uh, and basically everybody kind of had this preference for, and they would, people would drive miles yeah. all the way down to... Um, it was down to Malaga, wasn't it? No, no, no. The, no. no it was the... Gibraltar. Gibraltar. They yeah. drive all the way down to Gibraltar, go to Morrison's supermarket yeah. there, load up the car with, with sausages, sausages, tea bags. Marmite. Marmite. White bread. Bacon, <laughs> white bread, whatever else, and lug it all the way back and that would be them sorted. There's a couple over the road from us uh, where we lived. They used to do that all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I think we probably asked him to pick up some Marmite <laughs> for us. We probably did, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not as good as the Marmite you get back in England. But anyway, yeah, so, uh, and I had the idea, I had the idea that wouldn't it be amusing if there was a vampire mm. uh, who owned, because he lived in Spain, but he only wanted to drink English blood because he didn't like the Spanish blood because maybe it's a bit too garlicky. It's not as good as it was back in England. It's not as blood's not as good as it was back in England. <laughs> and 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 I started to sort of work on that idea. Um, and then as I started to work out who was going to be who in the story, I created this kind of idea of Underwood and Flincher because I figured, well, how's he going to be there? What's he going to do? He's going to need someone to help him. And and it just kind of evolved. And before I knew it, I had the basis of Underwood mm. and Flinch, you know, these people in um, inland rural Spain. And so all, all the stupid kind of jokey aspects were thrown out. Yeah. Uh, and the story then just evolved from there. Oh. Yeah, but, I but, do remember that. But yeah. you do, you know, when, you know, in any description, certainly in the early descriptions of Underwood, you know, he is largely based on Christopher Lee's kind of mm. vampire, tall, dark, slick back hair, yeah. black clothes. Mm. You know, that's that's the look I've always, that's, yeah. a, that's the look yeah. I grew up with yeah. and it's the yeah. look I love. Yeah. And I didn't give a hoot whether it was in any way cliched or not. Yeah. I just thought, no, that's what he looks like. Yeah. Because this is my story and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Okay, well that's it for questions. And for this that, week. that is it for questions. Mm. Yeah. So um before I let you go, Pauline, mm. I just thought people would like to know what's on our TV. Oh, yeah, well, there's quite a lot on our TV. Well, there's always quite a lot on our TV, just like there's a lot on everybody else's TV. But what's been on our TV of late, my dear? Okay, uh, let's see. Well, we started the grisliest one, Um, Dharma. Oh, yeah, Yeah. Dharma, we started it, and uh, we mentioned that the last time we were on. We've got a lot further into it. I think we've got one episode left to go. Yeah, we've got one left to yeah. go. And yeah, and you had to duck one episode. I had one episode I'd duck because I knew I would find it too upsetting it, to yeah. watch. Yeah. It, it is, it is yeah. uh, Not upsetting. Not that it would be, yeah, just in, kind in of, places, sad, yeah. you know, sad. Extremely. And, the episode yeah. you ducked, we won't talk about it, but it was very, very sad. Yeah, I've had that from people in work as well yeah. who told me I was right to duck <laughs> So, yeah, they said, yeah, they felt really down after yeah, watching it. it was, yeah. it was yeah. really, really, really yeah. sad. Yeah. And it kind of, it's, it's interesting because it, it, it brings home normally with these true crime things you just mm. kind of get you know uh, you, you see what the serial killer does you see mm. the investigation and the, you know the, the lives of the victims yeah. 
um, and how they feel and how yeah. they're affected don't tend to really come into it. Yeah, yeah. But they play a big part in this story. Yeah, and his neighbour as well. You oh, know, the, 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 yeah. the neighbour story is, yeah. is yeah. really, so, it's just incredible. So I think it's, I thought it was, you know, we haven't finished it yet, yeah. but I have to say it, it is really good, even though it's mm. a hard watch in places. Yeah. Um, but it's just the character of Dharma is kind of fascinating because, you know, like after all these murders and he meets his dad in prison, yeah. he kind of goes, oh, sorry, dad. Like he's, you know, <laughs> dinted the car maybe. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like, you know, it's like... Oh, dad, dad, I did it again. again. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, Amazing, but the guy who plays his dad is just fantastic. Yes, so everyone is good. Great performances. So that yeah. that's a recommendation. But you know, brace yourself emotionally. I think more than anything, it's not so much that it's grisly. It is kind of emotionally very draining. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, um, and and rightly so. Actually, yeah. uh, right. I because they they yeah. don't they don't you don't see anything um, graphically violent. No. It's all, but you know it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes you hear it through the neighbours. Yeah, from the uh, neighbours' point vent. of view. Yeah, that's really our listening yeah. point of view, I suppose. Um, and yeah, you realise how it must have been for people around there. Yeah, yeah. How the police did nothing, and it's all about you know, it's, yeah, it's all about the local politics and stuff as well. Of you know who gets listened to and who doesn't. Yeah, you know, um, mm. and who gets away with stuff and who doesn't. Like if yeah. you know he'd been a different demographic, Dahmer, he would have been caught long before this. Yeah, but you know, he likewise just didn't. his victims. If he yeah. if he'd been if he'd been preying on people in a different neighbourhood, yeah, yeah, people of a different colour. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 really interesting. It really says a lot about like. It's a damning kind of indictment of society, <laughs> it really. Is, actually, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that's the main, kind of the main thing you take from it. You know, nothing much has changed in thirty years, and no. there's a lot more to it than just a serial killer. It's like everything around it and how he yeah. got away with it. Yeah, you know, because he wasn't particularly careful, was he? Goodness gracious, no. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, it's just unbelievable. Anyway, that's very good. So that's one thing we've been watching. <laughs> yeah, and I we we've enjoyed it. Yeah, very uh, much. Uh, we've also in, in a hard way. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's um, a hard watch we've also been watching uh house of the dragon oh yeah we watched that didn't yeah, we yeah. yeah and yeah. i i enjoyed it um the only the only the only thing i did not enjoy uh was that the, the no, notoriously dark episode oh yeah you couldn't see anything no it was i mean i are talking of hammer movies you know back in the day there they used to do a thing called day for night Mm, you know, yeah. uh, and they they go out shooting in the daytime, and they just kind of adjust the lighting, yeah. you know, in the editing suite or or wherever, to to make mm. it look a bit darker yeah. than usual. But you could always see what was going on. Yeah, you yeah. know, that was never a problem. Yeah. Um. But in but in, and and of course, if 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 typically people do night scenes, then mm. the moon's out, and yeah. people are walking around, and there's a lovely sort of moonlight yeah. on them, and you can see what they're doing. But this stuff, it was like it was filmed in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> it was. You couldn't see who you think, who's that. You almost need night vision goggles watching it if it I would know. have helped, but you wouldn't it wouldn't have helped really. Um yeah. But that was only half it was like the first half of that episode. Yeah. Then the second half it, it was, you know, yeah. pretty visible yeah. so, and it was uh, it was good. Yeah. So it's some was a little bit slow in places, but the last episode, I think, in this series is really good. Really, 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 was really good. good. Yeah. So it was worth watching for that. Yeah. Know, it's all been kind of building up in the characters and stuff. Mm. So. And it was really the, the yeah. last the last act yeah. of the last episode. Yeah. I mean, it just ramped everything yeah, up yeah, for, for the, did, next yeah, yeah. Uh, the next it's season. Very good. So, yeah, I'll definitely be watching the next season of but that. But it, it was, um, you know, just to look at the series over, overall, it, I found it confusing a lot of the time because you don't know who people are. 
<laughs> you know. Well, it's all who's related uh, to who now and who's in breeding well, with who. It. And what? people have got you names know? like. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't see their faces because it's bit, too dark. That's what it sounds like. When people speak quickly, you know, blah, 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 you know, yeah, and you don't, I, I, who, what, who's that? Yeah. Which person are you talking about? And loads who? of people have white hair. Who's that person? Is, is that person married to who? Is that someone's kid? And then you yeah. got the whole deal with the kids with the different coloured hair. Yeah, I don't know. Yes, and that's right. Are they the cousins or are they the grandchildren or are they nephews? What, yeah. what are they? You have to kind of, you know. I, I would like, and I don't know whether I've mentioned this before, but I, you know, like if you could activate some kind of thing on your TV, like, you know, in the settings of the television show, like you can activate subtitles. Mm-hmm. What I would like is a, a kind of an option to activate name tags. So people are walking around and they've actually got like a floating name tag over their head. So you could associate <laughs> the name with the character. That's what Game of Thrones needs because people are talking about people and you, you've not even been introduced. They've not said, you there, Pauline. Yeah. It's you, Pauline, that yeah. person there, Pauline. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. so everybody watching goes, okay, that's Pauline. Um, yeah, I, I think what they also need is like, obviously in the book, I would presume they have it in the book and you see it in a lot of books, is they yeah. have a family tree sketched out in the first few pages. Yes. Of, so if you could bring up something that shows a family tree and you can see, okay, so they're, they're kids and yeah. they're, oh, and right, she's married to him, but they're not actually his children, they're his children. Right. Okay, so you can sort all that out. Mm. Or even if they just wore sort of coloured jerseys. Yeah, like a football team. <laughs> yeah, that's not very medieval looking. Like. It's not, no, no, no. You know, maybe an armband. Ye old armbands, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. Green armband, yeah. red armband and yeah. so on. But okay, well, we muddled through and we got to the end and we kind of know who's who. And we'll have to watch the whole series all over again, I'm sure, by the time series two by starts. By the time series two, yeah. two starts, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, won't who anyone is anymore. Definitely. I mean, if I can't remember the names of the characters now, I'm certainly not going to remember the names of them in a year's time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to watch that one again yeah and that then i think two shows is enough that uh, that brings us to the end of this exciting episode of what's on my tv and uh, so I'll, I'll let you go, Pauline. I know you've got dogs to walk. Yes, I do have dogs to walk. Um, and we're going to get very muddy because everywhere is very muddy at the moment because there's been lots of wind and rain. So I'm not looking forward to cleaning them when I come back. No. They, they don't like being cleaned. They don't like being no, cleaned. No, no. no they've, it's almost Especially like... when you bring the scrubbing brush and the cold <laughs> water, you know. Well, I don't scrub them. Domestos <laughs> in it. <laughs> I don't do that. Lisa. No, I know. <laughs> So we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, Pauline. Oh, thank you. And um, nice to speak to everybody. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. And so there we are, my friends. My thanks to Pauline as ever, and also to Ewan and Paul for sending in those questions. And if you have any questions relating to anything uh, Underwood and Flinch, or indeed for that matter, any of my stories or podcasts at all, then do please email them to me at the address... Mike at MikeBennettAuthor.com and Pauline will read them on the show. Or if you'd like to record a question yourself and send it in, you know, as, a, as an audio file, you can do that too. Uh, just add it as an attachment to your email and then you can be on the show in person. Oh, that'd be nice. Yes, indeed. So, uh... Coming up then, after this brief break, I have that interview, I promised, with the executive producer of the possible, possible, not definite, but possible, Underwood and Flinch television series. So, stay tuned, and I'll be right back. 
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, so, Underwood and Flinch, the television series, the possible television series. Now, you may remember I told you before that the book and, and podcast had been optioned for television. But what I didn't say, at least I don't think I said, uh, is that this process began not, not recently, but three years ago. That's when Underwood and Flinch was first discovered uh, as a podcast, quite randomly and very fortunately. Um, and, and slowly since then, little by little, things have been happening. Um, the show was optioned a couple of years ago, uh, and then the option was renewed earlier this year. This brief interview that you're about to hear is with an executive producer of the possible Underwood and Flinch television series, and it was recorded back in the summer. At one point in it, we talk about the possible dates that the show, if made, might appear on television. However, due to events beyond anyone's control, uh, they call it development hell in Hollywood. It's a kind of, you know, period of stasis where sort of nothing happens and then lots of things happen and then nothing happens and then lots of things happen and then nothing happens and nothing happens and nothing happens and then lots of things happen. Anyway, uh, because of that sort of thing, um, the date mentioned uh, in the recording, you know, for the, the show being on television, has now almost certainly receded somewhat into 2024. But apart from that, everything else mentioned in our chat still stands. Here, have a listen. So, listeners, here I am with um, one of, if not the only, uh, producer of the Underwood and Flinch television series at present. I'm not going to tell you his name. He's strictly shrouded in secrecy, uh, but we'll just call him Mr. Producer. Hello, Mr. Producer. Hello, Mike. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get you know another voice uh, on this podcast to my listeners, just so they 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 don't think I'm like some deluded fantasist, you know, talking about oh, they're going to make a TV show out of my book, and people are thinking, yeah, it's been a while, Mike. Maybe you're just lying. So, can you then, um, for for the benefit of my audience, can you confirm that Underwood and Flinch is in the early stages of development as a television show. Yes, definitely. And moving along. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, can you confirm that the companies involved are um, significant and that the actors currently attached are somewhat famous? Yes, absolutely. We're all very excited about um, the companies that are involved and the people who are involved who... I hope will excite your audience when we get to reveal it. Fantastic. Uh, and one more question, and this is like, how long is a piece of string? Based on your experience with bringing shows from um, the inception of the show to the process of actually being on TV, because this is what I get asked all the time, 
When do you imagine we might actually see Underwood and Finch on television? Possibly. Um, it could be. It could be end of 2023. It sort of yeah. once we sell it to one of the buyers, whether that's a platform or a network or whatever. Yeah. Kind of their scheduling will determine that because they may want it at a certain time or not until a certain time. So it's hard to entirely predict. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's our goal. And, and judging based on where we are right now with the package, yes, I should think so. All right. I mean, obviously that can change. Everything can change. Yes, oh, everything can change. The whole thing could fall through for all, for all anybody knows. You know, it's in the Hopefully last not. Year. Hopefully yes. not. All right. So now, um, Mr. Producer, I know you have to go because uh, you've got a very busy day ahead of you. So I'll let you go. But thank you so much for talking to us today. And uh, uh, hopefully I speak for everybody who's listening to this podcast when I say fingers crossed for uh, Underwood and Flinch, the TV show. Thank you. We'll take it. And we love your listeners and we hope that they'll love the show. Excellent. Thanks very much, Mr. Producer. Thank you, Mike. And so there you have it, listeners. Underwood and Flinch may, actually may, become a television series. Uh, but as I said uh, in the lead into the interview, if it does get made, it's not going to be on your televisions till most likely uh, 2024 at the earliest. Uh, needless to say, I will keep you posted with developments on, on the show in this podcast, in this, this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Although... Saying that, if you'd like to, you know, get the the news fresh off the press, hot off the press, uh, as soon as it happens, then you might want to consider uh, signing up to my Patreon um, um, campaign, whatever you want to call it, uh, because uh, patrons get the scoop on um, news, TV news, as soon as it happens. Like this interview you've just listened to, they listened to this way back in the summer. Um, And... And uh, there is a new interview with the producer that goes into a little bit more detail and is is kind of obviously more current in the Patreon edition of this podcast. It's, it's a slightly different um, edition. It's longer. It's got the longer interview in it. And you can find that, obviously, at my Patreon, along with lots and lots of episodes of Underwood and French that you haven't heard yet. Just Google Mike Bennett Patreon uh, and you should find me pretty easily. But if you can't for some reason, then uh, go to Patreon itself and it's patreon.com forward slash Mike Bennett. Oh, and uh, as I've mentioned before, it's always best to sign up at the beginning of the month rather than in the middle or at the end, uh, because if you do that, you get a whole month of listening. You know, the Patreon charge you at the start of the month, uh, at the start of every month. So, you know, when you when you join up, you get charged for the month you join up in. So if you join up at the beginning of the month, then, you know, you get the whole month's listening uh, for your three bucks or local currency equivalent. But anyway, uh, just to move on from that, uh, if you are a bit skint at the moment or you just can't be bothered doing that, don't worry. Uh, that interview with the producer will come onto this free podcast in a few months' time. So do stay subscribed, won't you? Um, but anyway, but anyway, but anyway, that's all we have time for on this episode of Underwood and Flinch After Hours, my friends. My thanks to Pauline and to Mr. Producer for being my guests on the show. And of course, as always, my thanks to you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and that you will be back again next month for more. But until then, when the moon rises again over Underwood and Flinch After Hours, take care and farewell. 
The music you're listening to is Rolling at Five by Kevin McLeod. To find out more, visit incomptech.com. Links in the show notes for this episode at mikebannettauthor.com. Thank you.